Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. We are now into 2023 and I don't know, how's everybody feeling? Good? Are you good, Dakota? I'm good. I'm like rested. I am ready to kick ass. I feel fantastic. I feel like I'm I'm a boundary boss right now. A (laughs) boundary boss? How about that? I do. I really feel like a boundary boss. Yeah. Wow, look at you taking ass and taking names in 2023. Thank you. Well, and speaking of, as we are in January and Dakota and I are big on the F the resolutions crap, um, I think we both, and we sort of just, we, we discussed it in the last episode, just as we started into the new year, that we both had some learnings and some lessons and things that we sort of discovered about ourselves and our businesses in 2022. And I think we just wanted to dive a little bit more into that as we as we all sort of feel our way into what this year is going to be. And I know um Dakota, you you had some big sort of changes and and, and things happen last year that you you've you've grown from, I guess. I I guess. Yeah. I, I honestly feel the biggest sort of lesson for me last year was a continuation of lessons from past years around boundaries in relation to energy. So like not first of all, looking at the type of types of people and things that I allow in my life, what they're doing for me. And if they are sucking energy or depleting me of energy, or I'm like resentfully engaging with like, say an old friend or like, they're just not filling my cup or I'm not filling their cup. Um, you know, or when it comes to work, you know, taking on things that aren't fulfilling me and just kind of going through the motions, looking instead of continuing to do that, cause it's easy looking at why, why am I allowing anything less than awesome things to be present in my life? Why am I allowing anything less than things that expand me to come into my life? So first looking at why that is, and then really sitting with it and figuring out how do I very cautiously, humbly, and thankfully exit those things out of my life and open doors for other things to come in. So as an as an example and as a case study, you know, I've had social center for almost 7 years. This is going to be our 7th year in business. And looking at, you know, when you first start your business, you kind of take on anything and everything to pay the bills. And but at, some, at a certain point, you really do have to refine the type of work that you take on and the type of client that you take on. Otherwise, growth just simply won't really be possible. Um, and this is something that I think Alyssa and I teach our clients is that you can't have too broad an audience and you can't be everything to everybody because otherwise you'll become exhausted 
And um, you won't be able to really hone in and specialize in what you really want to do. So I think this year was the first year that I took lessons from past years and actually applied them and got really real with myself and my business and figured out what is what is helping me expand and grow and what is holding me back. And it was looking at things as simple as how a meeting made me feel or how drinks with a client made me feel. I'll never forget sitting with one of my former clients who I'm very thankful for. And we had a really wonderful partnership together for four years. But I'll never forget sitting with them, having a beer at the end of last year and thinking to myself, I don't identify with you guys as people. Oh, that's big. And just knowing that I was going through the motions, doing the work. And I think they felt it too. Because when we parted ways, it was mutual. It was like, okay, you guys need some fresh blood. You actually might need a totally different business model to look after you because you've got a lot going on. You have a really big budget. And it's not to say that we can't do it. But everything we're bringing to the table, you're not really listening. So I wonder if somebody else will be able to get you to listen. And the other thing too that blew me away was I had just signed this other client that I'd been working with for a while, but they signed us full-time. And they value us so much that they brought me out to their um, to their uh, their lodge in Ontario. And they invested in giving me the um, opportunity to learn about and touch and feel and actually experience their product because they knew that was important. And my other client was like, we must be your favorite client because we like take you for drinks once a year. I was like, mm, that's not what makes, no. That's really interesting when you talk about the, the, the client that took you out to Ontario. Because I think it's something that a lot of um, small business owners or especially service providers like us don't think about very often, but because we're too busy doing the work for the client, but we don't think about what the client's giving back to us and the investment back to us. So whether that's, and it's not about things, like it's not about trips to Ontario or whatever, but feeling that they are understanding the reciprocal relationship and they are including you as a valued part of their business and putting the investment of time or whatever into that. And because any relationship with any client should be two ways. And I think sometimes we get too wrapped up in producing the work and producing the, and delivering the end product, so to speak, that we don't take time to real, to think about like, how do they make me feel? How does this fill my cup? Like you said, and that, maybe I don't really jive with them as people and maybe their values don't align with me as people. And I think that's a really important and probably a very hard place to land. But yeah, if if, if you feel your clients aren't investing back into you, then really it's just a one-sided relationship. Well, and I'll never forget too, like after three years of working with them, we had gotten so many results for them. 
And one thing that was always so frustrating was the results were there, but we had a really hard time measuring um, leads just because we didn't have like a concrete lead magnet that we could fully access. Um, so I would constantly kind of try to create workarounds for how we could do this. And they were like, no, 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 you're doing like, we're, we're doing a great job. We just need like, they told me their mandate and we followed suit and we, we killed it. And they know this, like they're, you know, they're, it's not like they aren't happy with the work, but I just remember it came time to increase my fee and it was such a fight. And it wasn't because the work wasn't good. It was like, well, they just never really understood. They're like, well, we want to just spend more on advertising. We don't want to spend more on like the person that does it. Like we don't understand um, what, what? It, like, yeah, what it, like what goes into yeah. this. And I explained it. And so here, here's my other lesson from that. Cause I don't want to just sit here and, and, and complain and whine about it. That's not the point of this. The point of this is my other lesson was the, the more mature you get in your business. And even when you're first starting a business, you have to be able to clearly define to the client what you're doing for them. One thing I've learned over the last six years is people will hire me and they don't check, nor do they pay attention to the return on investment. So you constantly have to make sure you are displaying and amplifying that return on investment for them, whether it's through what you put in your invoice for what you did that month or reporting really good um, intentional... Uh, like fulsome reporting. Um, and just even if they don't pay attention to the reporter, don't read it. Make sure you bring it up in your one-on-ones. Make sure you explain to them constantly, here's the value we're adding. Because it's it's wild how many companies will hire out the services that we offer because they think they need them because someone told them they needed them or it's part of their marketing plan. And they rarely ask the consultant to um, talk to them about results. And so constantly pushing to showcase that and then also striving for efficiency when it comes to changes and trends in social media um, is so hugely important because when it does come time to say, hey, inflation um, is happening right now and my fees are going up, um, then the client, well, yeah, we, we know your fees are going up and we're going to reinvest in you because we know what you've done for us. And it wasn't to say that this client didn't know what we had done for them, but it was really funny. We were standing up in front of the whole committee that we work with and we're like, and we won't be increasing your fees because it's been a great partnership. And there was no thank you, no nothing. It was just like, oh yeah, it was just expected. And I just remember in that moment being like, Dakota, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you people pleasing? What is what is the purpose of this for you? Yep. Because business is business, ultimately. I mean, that's what we... I think we get... We are notorious. I mean, just based on who we are as people, I think get too close personally to clients. And I think they're, that I like that. I mean, that's... I, I like running my business that way where I become a, a, a key member of their team, so to speak. But sometimes the personal feelings get too wrapped up into things too. And so when, yeah, you have to raise fees or you have to um, tell them that this this is not doable or this is like those hard conversations sometimes get more difficult because the the personal relationship is is too entwined to the business. And I think we're I'm terrible at that. Um, to this day, like over eight years into my business, every month when I send out invoices, I have anxiety about it. 
And even though clients know what they're paying or whatever, I have one client who I have to bill hourly because they have specific grants that things have to be attached to. So that's fine. But so when I just do that invoice every month, it's like, I have anxiety because it's like, oh, is this too many hours? Is this like not enough hours? Even though we haven't agreed upon a monthly hour time limit that I've never hit. Um, I still have anxiety about sending out invoices every month because it's like, oh, hi, just sending this. It's like, why am I doing that? Like, why? No, you pay me for a service and I fulfill the service and you're going to pay. So it's like, I still, like, again, it's like such a weird personality thing because it's like, maybe I need to, even though I have like, it goes through my accounting software. So it's not like coming from me specifically. It's still like, directed me. And I'm like, why do I, why do I feel guilty about sending invoices? And it's just so ridiculous. And it's such a, such a weird headspace to be in. But I think that's all part of it. And that's the one thing I was going to talk about in terms of lessons or sort of moving into bigger manifestations into 2023 is that I need to let go of, um, like, and you sort of mentioned it earlier too, with we, we want to bring in work and we like working with um, specific people or, or specific projects or whatever. But I need to start manifesting because I think this is where things become difficult as you sort of hit this tipping point of a business where it's like, okay, I have to grow. And in order to grow, I need to be more efficient on one hand, but I also need clients who pay me more. And I need to manifest about that I am and my business is um, big enough and good enough and all of that to go after larger paying clients. And that, and I don't know, it's a woman thing too, that we always never feel that we deserve things, but it's like, I can't, as a business owner, I can't keep um, churning like clients who don't pay enough. Um, Even though I may love the work, I have to be able to scale and to be able to feel confident enough to go after those larger clients that maybe larger agencies are approaching because I can't keep playing in the sandbox and there's no point in having like 10 or 12 small fish in this in the pond when I would be doing better with five large fish in the or mid-sized fish in the pond you know what I mean and I think that's been an interesting shift then that's sort of one of the realizations I had in 2022 and sort of the lessons is it's like okay Lisa like in order for ABC to scale and to get to a place where it is, I can be the 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 overseer as opposed to the doer, which I think is where all business people want to be. I need to get clients who are paying me X, Y, Z. And in order to get those, I need to get to this place. And so I'm still working through that because it's a huge mind shift and the feeling of like, oh, like even though in, like I know that I deserve that level of paying client, it's getting them to understand that a smaller agency and a boutique style agency is more beneficial to them than paying high end agency rates. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I think that, that just depending on your business model, like having a couple of really fantastic clients, like for Alyssa specifically, because she doesn't 
want in order like a big staff. No. Having a couple of key clients that she really enjoys working with instead of like 10 that she kind of enjoys working with is another big lesson in terms of what is what is going to get you out of bed every day and get and like make you excited. Yeah, I think it's that quality over quantity argument. Um and I understand that quantity is important to those who have offices and staff. Like I totally get that, that you need to be continually bringing in business because you have to pay these people. But because I run my business differently and I bring on consultants and, and work workers as I require them for projects, um, I don't need to be like consistently bringing in or have a goal of like five clients a month because that's unrealistic. I can't service that amount of work. Um, and nor do I want to either, but I also don't want to get to a place and I'm, and I, again, this is sort of where I think differently about how I run my business compared to like a traditional agency is I don't want to be at a place where I'm not the face to my clients. I don't want to be ever at a place where I'm sending the account manager to them. I mean, and there, again, there's nothing wrong with that either. And it's a, it's a quality business model. I mean, agencies run exist for a reason. But for me and how I run my business is I'm the face of it. I mean, my, my business is my name for crying out loud, like, hello. So I don't ever want to be at a place where my clients are dealing with me. And so I can only service the number of clients I can service. And that's a good, that's a good base for me. Um, but I need the ones that like understand and when you're getting back to your conversation about valuing the investment in my business, those are the ones that are the sweet spot. Now, if anyone listening has any like great uh, tips on how to get to that sweet spot, please share. Because I think, honest to God, we're probably all in the same boat. Absolutely. Yeah. And we want to hear from you guys your lessons from 2022. Because I'm sure you've learned a lot of them. <laughs> We'd really yes. like to hear that. The last thing I want to leave you guys with is software. Figure uh, out what you need to automate your business. And... Find stuff that suits your budget, um, and 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 really, and don't skimp out on the things that you need. So for social centric, you know, we we definitely need automation for social posting and reporting. So I and don't be afraid to barter. Like I um I got a thousand dollars off my yearly subscription with Sprout this year because I said, hey guys, I'm a Canadian client. Uh, we've got the exchange rate. I don't want to do monthly. What can you offer me so that I stay with you year over year? And they gave me a thousand dollars off, and it's it's honestly the best software out there if you're a social manager, just because there's no issues with API stuff, there's no issues with connection stuff, there's no issues with tagging stuff. Um, it's the it's the only one out there that offers everything right now. So don't be afraid to barter, don't be afraid to ask for deals, and make sure that you're using software that works for your business. Yeah, that's a good point. I think now, especially at the beginning of the year, is a good time to do a bit of an audit of what you're paying for and what you actually use versus what you pay for. Because I think a lot of people are on auto um, pay for things and they may not realize um, everything. Like even now, I mean, I used to, because again, I don't run a social media agency. So for me to pay for um, posting software is a waste of money, but I would pay even for myself. Like I would have like the, um, I paid the, whatever it was, the, the smallest amount for, 
to for later. That was sort of what I used. But now I'm like, wait a minute, I don't post enough to make this worthy of from a business expense. Like, please. And now that like Instagram and all that are allowing like scheduling in their in the app in in the app, it's like it, yeah, if you're if you're not running multiple clients on social media, like you don't need a social media posting software. Like all those things, like look at what actually is working or benefiting your business. Like, do you need a paid version of Slack just to message clients? Uh probably not. Like if you're not using like even project management software, like whether it's Asana or whatever, that all have paid versions now, it's like, are you using it in the manner that you require? to be paying for it. Even Canva, like I've noticed, I, I didn't, I got rid of my paid Canva um, subscription because again, when I'm not doing social posts or a lot of, um, like, I don't want to say design work because that's offensive to designers as it should be, but like, I don't use it from that perspective. So why am I paying for it? I mean, exactly. yes, it was good when I had more of that work. And if I did go back into more of that level work, then yeah, I could pay for it. But like all those sorts of things, yeah, audit that stuff, like what you're actually paying for. And if you're using it, like even for the odd time that I needed Adobe, like in terms of putting PDFs together or whatever, I was like, why am I paying this? And especially now that you can't even pay a year, it's like all monthly. Like these subscriptions are so bullshit. So uh, bullshit. Absolutely. I you can't even pay, like you have to pay I I mean, and I haven't updated, but like even with Microsoft now, which I'm not going to pay for because the free version of Word is fine. Um, you can't, you have to pay it like a 365, Microsoft 365 subscription. Like just beat it. Like, come on. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. Completely agree. Well, we want to hear from you guys. So you know where to go. Ladies Who Launch Pod on Instagram and Ladies Who Launch Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and uh, we will see you. Uh, I always say we will see you, but tune in for our next episode. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 